this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. To start off today's show, I'd like to announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway, like I always do. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes for episode 81 on my blog was entered to win the beautiful Wee Cardi Kit from the Big Bad Wool Yarn Company. I chose one of the commenters at random, and I'm happy to announce that the winner of this beautiful kit is Rachel Helms. Congratulations, Rachel. I have your Ravelry ID, so I will be in touch with you shortly to get your mailing information and to get this kit mailed on out to you right away. Thank you to everyone who took the time to participate. I will be announcing another drawing later on in the episode if you'd like to try again. So the last time I recorded, I told you about a few new patterns I was working on. One of those is a new hat pattern I released for purchase at the beginning of the month, and it is called Plum Tree Slouch. Now this pattern was originally designed for a workshop on Craftsy.com, and it really is a great project for a relatively new knitter. Plum Tree Slouch is a very simple, very quick, slouchy lace hat with a rolled brim. It's knit in a worsted weight yarn, and because it's a lace pattern, it just seems to knit up super fast. I don't know what it is about lace, but don't you agree that it just goes really, really fast? The other nice thing is that the lace pattern is pretty basic and easy to execute. Nothing too complicated, and it's just easy to memorize. Now, if you've not yet attempted a lace pattern in your knitting, but you'd like to give it a try, this, I think, would be a really good pattern to start out with. Another great thing about the pattern is that you can complete this hat out of only one skein of worsted weight yarn. Okay, so maybe you couldn't knit the entire hat out of a really wimpy, tiny skein of worsted weight yarn, but anything over 160 yards. And I know many yarn companies offer worsted weight skeins that size. A few well-known yarns that come to mind that would do great are Cascade 220 or Madeline Tosh Vintage. Both would be wonderful in this pattern. For the sample hat, I used only one skein of Imperial Yarns Erin, which worked really nicely as well. It's just a basic wool. Now I know that most of you listening have a single skein of worsted weight yarn somewhere in your stash that you don't know what to do with. Maybe try it out on this hat. So if you're looking for a quick, easy, one skein, stylish hat, check out my new Plum Tree Slouch hat pattern. I'll be sure to put a link to it in the show notes for you to check out online or look for it in print at your local yarn shop. Also, next month, I'm going to be releasing another new pattern that I'll be talking about in more detail on the next episode. But be on the lookout. This next one is a women's sweater. 
Also, in the past few weeks, I finished knitting that adorable little stuffed fox toy that I told you about last time. The pattern again is called Knit Sleepy Fox Amigurumi. If you haven't seen this pattern yet, seriously, just press pause and Google it right away. This little fox turned out so adorable. And guess what? You'll never believe it. Are you ready for your mind to be blown? My two-year-old son actually likes it. I know. If you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know that my son is quite a particular little guy. Basically, he hates everything. Everything knitted, that is. He screamed and cried when I showed him his hand-knit sweater. He absolutely went ballistic when I knit him a hat. But this fox, he likes. It's a start. I think we're on the right track. Slowly but surely, I will see to it that he changes his mind about knitwear. Hating knitwear just isn't an option in our house. He will love it someday. He will. I will make him. So since the fox was such a success, I'm now thinking of more knitted little creatures I can make for him. I've always loved knitting toys, and sadly, my daughter, who I used to knit lots of toys for, is kind of outgrowing things like that at almost nine years old. Because you know, nine-year-old girls are all about rainbow looms. Didn't you know? Rainbow looms are all the rage. So I better start knitting some special little stuffed toys for my son while he's still young and while he'll still enjoy them. Also, I was kind of thinking about maybe making a little toy as a gift. I have a cousin with a little son who's maybe around 18 months, and his favorite animal right now is a goat, of all things. When they visited last, we took the kids to a local farm, and this little one-year-old boy was just obsessed with the goats there. It was pretty funny and adorable. His parents even have a picture of him hugging a goat. I quickly looked it up, and surprise, surprise, I actually found a free knitted goat toy pattern. So I am definitely thinking about making that one next. One for my cousin's son, and maybe one for my son too. Because, you know, everyone could use a knitted goat, right? If you personally are wanting a knitted goat in your life as well, I'll be sure to post a link in the show notes to the pattern for you. In this episode, I have a very pretty yarn to share with all of you. This is a brand new yarn called Indochine, which was sent to me by the company Lantern Moon. At least I think it's called Indochine. It's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-E. Indochine? Indochine? I'm going with Indochine. Anyways, Indochine is a luxurious 100% silk sport weight yarn with 134 yards per skein. Now, how do all of you out there feel about knitting with 100% silk? 
I've personally found over the years that knitters either seem to love it or hate it. The only experience with silk I can think of personally are the few times I knit with a single ply hand dyed silk from the company Tilly Thomas many, many years ago. In the yarn shop, when I saw it, I couldn't help but be drawn to its gorgeous sheen and softness and just the idea of it. 100% silk sounds so wonderful. And yes, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to knit with. But unfortunately, once I finished the project, the fabric pilled and stretched out of shape within like five minutes. It did not hold up very well. Now I haven't had the opportunity to knit with the Indochine yarn yet, but what strikes me about this yarn is the construction of it. I counted 12 little plies of silk fiber, all spun together to make up a single strand. It still has that beautiful sheen of silk, but I'm wondering if this plied construction makes for a sturdier fabric that won't stretch or pill as easily. I'd be really interested to find out. So I have these two beautiful little skeins in front of me in the Viridian Green colorway, and Lantern Moon has kindly provided these as a prize for this episode's drawing giveaway. If you're interested in 100% silk and would like to win these beautiful skeins to try out for yourself, please leave a comment on my blog at nevernotknitting.com under the show notes for this episode, episode 82. You'll have until September 15th to enter to win, and as always, I'll be announcing the winner on the next podcast episode. These two skeins would make a really lovely accessory, like a hat or a cowl, and a beautiful gift for someone as well. Definitely check out this yarn on Ravelry and see what you think. Now it's time for this episode's knitting story. This story was kindly contributed by podcast listener Gretchen Ronovic from the blog He Sews and She Sews.com, and she was kind enough to share with us her personal story entitled Knitting Medicine. Like most of my knitting friends, controlling my stash is difficult. I can have designated spots for it, but somehow it overflows as though it has yeast in it like rising bread. Early last summer, I took a firm hold of my stash and bought square organizational baskets for all my yarn. Our little town had a little yarn shop where I was a regular, but I tried to stay on top of my purchases and not get too ahead of myself. However, that urge to buy gets harder when visiting an out-of-town yarn shop. I was about an hour's drive away from home and visiting this wonderful yarn shop and fell in love with many yarns. I narrowed my favorites down to two, a rusty orange worsted weight merino and a bulky weight dark purple with a bit of alpaca in it. It was bold for me, but I was feeling sassy that day. I had just published a knitting pattern a few weeks earlier and somehow that justified in my mind even further this yarn purchase. I was celebrating, so even though I didn't have room for both yarns, I bought a sweater's worth of both of them, 
I felt so indulgent. I justified in my mind that they were big gauge yarns and wouldn't be in my stash for long. But that was it. No more yarn buying for a while. The very next day, I got an email from a different yarn store, the one in my own town, announcing they were closing forever. Yarns that I had had my eye on for months were now 20% off, and then 30% off, and then 40% off. It didn't ever dawn on me to return the other yarn that I had gotten from the yarn store an hour away. Returning yarn is just not something I do, though I could not pass up on all these amazing deals. If my local yarn store was disappearing, I would have to stock up for two, maybe three years. So now the stash was seriously out of control. I knew I needed to dig into it as fast as I could so I could actually use the room in which the pretty paper bags were crumpled one on top of the other. A few short weeks after that, I was in a car accident. I was driving with all five of my little kids in our van, just a half mile from our house. The other car had a stop sign, and I did not, and I saw her slow for it. So I kept on driving, and then she slammed into us. She didn't see us and was running late, and had decided to skip the stop sign since it was in the middle of nowhere, and the chances of another vehicle being behind those stalks of corn were slim. We ended up in the ditch, and all alive enough to be shaking, but in one piece. When the police arrived at the scene, they asked if any of us needed to go to the hospital, and surprisingly, there wasn't a scratch on any of us. The sheriff told me it was the adrenaline, and it could take up to 24 hours to wear off, and when it did, we would hurt a lot. The next morning, I could barely move. The pain was so intense. The other car had hit my door and the sliding door behind me. I took the brunt of the hit, along with my six-month-old, who was in the car seat behind me, which was so close to crushing her, it gave me nightmares. My days of left knitting and turned to filling out every insurance form for each of the little people in our car, chiropractic care and insurance forms for all six of us healing at different rates became my part-time job. One child started getting migraines, another back pain, and still another couldn't sleep. Most were too little to explain their hurts. As for me, I cried every day from the pain. My body doesn't like painkillers, so I had to get creative to get my mind off of it. I didn't require a neck brace, cast, or cane. My pain in my body went unnoticed by most people. I quickly started to feel judged for not doing all the things I used to be able to do. Even little things like carrying groceries out to my car, I'd have to ask for help looking very much like an able body. In the beginning, I continued working through my stash for my design business. I'd do the math and cast on. Then about three or four inches into the project, I'd see my math was all wrong. Sometimes it was off by ridiculous proportions. What was I thinking? This will never work. Trauma has a funny way of sinking in slowly, and about a month after the accident, the panic attack started. Having never experienced anything like that before, I wasn't quite sure what to do. I called a friend of mine who is a counselor, and we discussed many times what course of action I should take. I found I craved something normal. I needed a victory so badly. I wanted for my brain to relax and concentrate on something other than the helplessness and hurt that filled my day. I needed a yarn spa. 
One afternoon, I was just spending time looking at my yarn stash, which had grown to such a large size that it overwhelmed me more. None of my designs were working out since the accident. I couldn't maintain the focus to do it, and yet I still craved the touch of wool. What I wanted to do was just knit. Just knit and knit and knit and not have to think about anything but just one more row. I had known for a while that knitting calmed and organized my brain. It's just that at the time of the accident, all my knitting projects were in the complicated phases, needing lots of concentration. All of my yarn has a couple of sketches for it in my notebook for potential designs. I picked up the rusty orange worsted weight merino yarn, intended for a woman-sized pullover design with errand cables and lots of texture. I set aside my sketch and gathered up my skeins. I pulled out my swift and winder. All five of my kids love my swift and winder. It's hypnotic to them. They just sit and stare at the spinning. Sometimes I let them turn it for me. I love winding yarn because everyone gathers around and it's just silent. We all just watch the spinning and the wool and hear the whooshing as the swift spins. I wound up all of the skeins and bought myself a pattern that had been in my queue for well over a year. It was Nanook by Heidi Kermeyer. I knew the medicine I needed was a good, satisfying knit that demanded nothing from my brain. I needed knitting that was like comfort food, warm and full of carbs in large portions, no math, little counting, lots of rhythm not to mention just the soothing effect of the wool between the fingers. It was like a gentle massage, but for my hands and for my brain. I cast on for the top bear claw lace portion and got that out of the way in two evenings. It wasn't too hard, lots of knits and pearls, nothing too demanding. The next few weeks I was consumed with a sweater. The garter stitch fronts sped off the needles, the easy increases in the yoke fanned out with much satisfaction. Yet I was in no rush. I craved the rhythm, not the rush. I loved seeing my hands create again. It banished my feeling of helplessness. Piece by piece, stitch by stitch, I felt my brain getting put back in place again, like picking up a messy room that had been through an earthquake. It was as though each stitch reminded my brain what it was capable of creating and how to go about it. This yarn was like my lifeline. I was able to pray when I knit. I was able to talk out my problems when I knit. I was able to think when I knit. It was like the key to figuring out what I needed. By the time the sweater was on the blocking boards, I was already sketching new design ideas and had the math for my next two projects done and ready to go. The fire to design and create and bring beauty to the ordinary things in life, from cooking to knitting to even using creative dramatic voices when reading books to the kids, it all returned with time. Time and lots of knitting. I haven't caught up with my stash overflow yet. It's okay though. They sell more of those organizational baskets at the store and one more little shelf fits close to the ceiling in my studio. So what if the yarn footprint in my room is a little bit bigger now? It's good to have extra yarn around. You never know when you might need it in an emergency.
Thank you again so much, Gretchen, for sharing that story with all of us. If you listening enjoyed Gretchen's story and it made you think of your own knitting story, please contact me. I would love to hear it, and I'm always looking for new knitting stories to share on the podcast. As a reminder, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to contact me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for joining me today for episode 82. And please join me again for the next episode at the end of September. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says, just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad mad. She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had